Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. Okay, back to the book of James. Back to the book of James. And I know it's uh, nearly quarter past ten and you're looking at your watch and you're going, how on earth is this guy ever going to finish? I will. Uh, and uh, we'll get there. Uh, and so uh, today's talk is about patience. So I thought I'd put you through that a little bit uh, and, and just say, <laughs> no, no. Um, the, I've titled it, um, Patience is uh, Longer Than You Think. And I got this title because uh, when I was a student at Bible College, there, um, th- there was a professor, Dr. Ralph Christensen, and he'd been a missionary in Swaziland for 40 years. And so he knew uh, all about patience. Uh, and so when, when uh, I was kind of second week into Bible College and, you know, two weeks into Bible College, you know everything clearly. Um, and I said to him, you know, sir, you've been talking about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this was in 1989, and, and I said, it's been, uh, you know, nearly 2,000 years, so where is the Lord? He said, you need to be patient. I said, but we've been talking about it for 2,000 years. How long is patience? And he said, it's longer than you think. Uh, and so after two weeks, I realized I knew zero, and best I be patient and learn from those who've gone before us. And so the passage that we're going through this morning is in James chapter 5, verses 7 to 12, and I'll read it first in the New International Version and then uh, just uh, kind of a a paraphrase in the message. James writes in chapter 5, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you'll be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you will be condemned. The message says it this way. Meanwhile, friends, wait patiently for the master's arrival. You see, farmers do this all the time, waiting for their valuable crops to mature, patiently letting the rain do its slow but sure work. Be patient like that. Stay steady and strong. The master could arrive at any time. Friends, don't complain about each other. A far greater complaint could be lodged against you, you know. The judge is standing just around the corner. Take the old prophets as your mentors. They put up with anything, went through everything, and never once quit, all the time honoring God. What a gift Life is to those who stay the course. You've heard, of, of course, of Job's staying power, and you know how God brought it all together for him at the end. That's because God cares. 
cares right down to the last detail. And since you know what he cares, or that he cares, let your language show it. Don't add words like, I swear to God, to your own words. Don't show your impatience by concocting oaths of, to hurry up God. Just say yes or no. Just say what is true. That way, your language can't be used against you. I don't know about you, but I need patience, and I need it right now. I need it right now. And in that next slide, you'll see that patience is quite a rare commodity uh, in this very modern technological world that we're living in. Um, we are very accustomed to instant responses, and um, I'm grateful for two-minute noodles, make no mistake, um, because uh, when in doubt, uh, make some two-minute noodles. Uh, and so there, there are these instant responses. Uh, if you're not able to, if your car breaks down, well, you know, one little message and Uber comes and picks us up. Uh, you know, those takeaways that we can often drive through, they are called fast foods, um, you know, uh, and you too can look like me. And, and, and you know, uh, we often think that quicker is better. Quicker is better. Ironically, when you get to the doctor's office, you wait. Uh, you could be waiting for quite a long time. That's why it's called the waiting room. Uh, when you go to a restaurant, you wait quite a while. You wait to be seated. Uh, you wait for the menu to come. Uh, you wait for your food to come. Or sorry, for the order to be taken. Then for the food to come. Uh, you, you wait for the bill to come. And then uh, you wait when you pay it. And so we, there are certain times that we wait, but there are other times that we aren't really prepared to wait. Well, as you've heard before, that I grew up in a fish and chip shop, and my dad's mantra was, I want production. I want production. He could never ever see us standing around with our hands in our pockets or waiting for customers to come in the fish and chip shop. He always said, when you're in the fish and chip shop, you should not be standing around. You could be cleaning, you could be repacking shells, you could be doing things, and I want production. I want you to be effective, and I want you to produce. And don't you dare say, but Dad, in James chapter 5, it says, he'd say, go somewhere else and find that patience and practice it there. I want production. And that often... Uh, you know, creeps in to our lives uh, and to society. Because we have, you know, uh, television, when you're bored, switch on. And in fact, uh, now programs are actually produced in such a way that if we don't make sure that they are stimulating and move uh, all the time, then people will flip the channel. Because you could make somebody bored from watching your program, so flip the channel. What happened in those years when we had no television? What happened in those years when we had no automatic washing machines or tumble dryers or dishwashers? And I'm grateful to God for all of these. Please make no mistake. What about vacuum cleaners and microwave ovens, you know, to warm up those two-minute noodles? And we get so impatient with life uh, and, and when you have to be at a traffic light, you kind of go, why, Lord, have you allowed this to happen to me? Lord, why does this one particular traffic light have to take 
10 minutes before it turns green. Meantime, it's just the normal cycle of the traffic light. And my blood pressure goes up. Uh, the ulcer that I never had begins to develop. Uh, and uh, I get impatient and become miserable. And I have this really bad attitude. Um, and those around me uh, reap my impatience. And everybody uh, is grumpy. Are we able to be patient in April 2023? I mean, honestly speaking, uh, should we have patience? We know that it's one of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. And so patience uh, is certainly one of the characteristics of those who are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to nurture that. In fact, it should be a sign that characterizes the Christian and their maturity. But there is a price to pay for patience, because if we don't work on it, then it's not going to be possible to have patience, and we'll all end up uh, fighting and killing each other. Well, in verse 7, we read, Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming until the Lord's coming. And so we're encouraged as, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ to have patience. And James gives us these instructions on how to be patient with one another. And he gives the example of the farmer and uh, the prophets and Job. Uh, and I want to touch on, on, on these uh, this morning. And he, he gives us certain situations where we need to be patient uh, as part of our journey of following the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, point number one, there are times when we must be patient. Uh, and, and James writes that in, in verse 7. He says, see how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. And so, uh, when you look at a farmer, you won't find very successful farmers who are impatient. They know, you know, and, and, and the only illustrations we have is, you know, farmer wants a wife, you know, and, and wants one now. Uh, but, you, you know, when you look at the vocation and the calling of a farmer, they have to have patience. Because that's part of the very nature of their work. They are patient people. When they plant, they have to wait. I don't know if you've uh, read the book uh, by Angus Buchan called Faith Like Potatoes. It's, it, it takes a lot of faith. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's not only faith, but patience as well. And hopefully that seed that you've planted will eventually produce fruit. But also, there's a lot of trust in God during that patience. And those days, Christians had to have a lot of patience because persecution was about to become rife, and so they needed patience uh, because they were waiting for the Lord's return. And when you begin to focus on who God is and this example of, of patience like that of a farmer, the only thing you can do is put your faith and trust in God. And so often we find ourselves crying out, How long, Lord? How long? Because the rains are a little bit late. This crop will be destroyed. And so, God, how long will it be? And even in our own lives, 
when we need patience, we ask the question, how long, Lord? When will this actually come about? And I'm reminded of those two Greek words for patience, or for time, sorry. The first one is chronos, chronos, where we get chronological time. January, February, March, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. But within that chronological time, chronos, there is keros, kairos time, God's perfect timing. And so how long, Lord, will when God allows it to happen, when we put our faith and trust in Him, that's the kairos moment it will take place. And when you begin to look at that seed that the farmer plants at God's perfect timing, it will bear fruit. Not at my time, because I want to fast forward that. But there are times in our own lives where we need that patience. And it's at God's perfect timing that it will happen. I wish to become a spiritual giant, a mature person, with the characteristics of an elder, I could go to sleep tonight and wake up tomorrow and say, thank you, Lord, I prayed that prayer last night. No, it's in God's perfect timing, and we need patience. And you know, that soil sometimes needs to go through a hard time and, and uh, you know, as you begin to plow. But you don't hear the soil <laughs> saying, no, 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 don't touch me. And folk, many, many times, to use that metaphor, you know, we, we go through hard times and that will begin to prepare us for something greater. Because unless that soil is toiled and that seed cannot be planted and bear forth fruit. And so as we begin to allow the soil of our lives to be prepared for something greater, we need patience to come out on top on the other side. And so I think the key to understanding uh, that God's timing uh, is crucial. Is crucial. And God's kairos moment is perfect. By virtue of its definition, it's got to be perfect. In Micah chapter 7, verse 7, we read, But as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I will wait for the, for the God of my salvation. And that word, watch expectantly, uh, it means to wait with absolute anticipation and hope. To wait with anticipation and hope. Uh, and, you know, uh, because as you begin to see the story unfold, you begin to see God's hand at work. I'm sure you remember times in your own life where you prayed a certain prayer and you go, thank God, God did not answer that prayer. <laughs> because had he answered it at that particular time, I would have been in trouble. But as you see the story unfold, according to Micah 7, 7, in God's perfect timing, and us waiting expectantly, it comes to pass because we put our faith and our trust in Him. And so, like Dad saying, I want production, you must be busy somewhere else, uh, I think that uh, is quite profound um, because as we wait for God, we can be busy doing other stuff as well because God is busy uh, at work in our lives and in the lives of those we come into contact with. And so in verse 9, we read, don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you'll be judged. The judge is standing around the corner. And so when we, when we are often bored, that's when the devil comes in and begins to you know, sit and point fingers and, and, and uh, allows us to become quite judgmental. Now, there are two words for judge in the Greek. The one is, is what we're not supposed to do. 
to judge as in condemn uh, heaven and hell. That's God's prerogative. But the other Greek word means to, to judge as in what is right and what is wrong and then hold on to what is right. And so we don't have to just take it all in, but as we begin to see and differentiate what is right and what is wrong, so we're able to uh, begin to see uh, where God is leading us and hold on to uh, that. And so uh, make sure that uh, you understand that there are times where we must be patient. Secondly, there are times we must wait even if we are mistreated, even if we are mistreated. And he gives this wonderful illustration of the prophets uh, of the Old Testament. And in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus explains that, that these prophets were ridiculed. Uh, they were spoken against and, and, and persecuted for the sake of God's kingdom. Uh, but he says that they endured. And folks, with patience comes this word endurance. So with, with the Greek word patience, makrothimia, macro, big, thimia, remember, as you remember and ponder this situation, there comes that endurance. And the word endurance, ipomoni, ipo, a preposition which means under, moni, to stay. As you ipomoni, as you stay under that situation, that situation, with patience, you endure and you come out stronger on the other side. You've heard me uh, give you my stupid uh, illustration of going to the gym and, and the gym instructor says, listen, put um, some weights on either side and that first session you, you call for Jesus because you feel you're going to die. But by the end of that week, you've been able to push those weights. And you go uh, sore and exhausted the next week and the gym instructor puts more weights on, on each of the sides of, that, uh, of the, the weights. You go, I mean, I suffered last week. Why on earth would you want to put more this week? Well, because those lighter weights than this week made you strong and prepared you for this week. And the next week it gets worse and worse and worse. But, you know, had that previous week not prepared you for this week, it would not prepare you for next week. And so even if we feel the pain and the, you know, the pressure is turned on us, and we feel mistreated, if you like, spiritually, then we still need to hang in there because God is in control. And we need to ipomani, stay under. You see, suffering and patience seem to go together and seem to go hand in hand. And that's exactly what happened to the prophets. Hence, uh, what James is writing. Look at those prophets. They spoke the word of the Lord you would hear them say, thus saith the Lord. This is what the Lord says. And then uh, they would be persecuted and difficulties would come. But they had to ha stay there uh, and hang in there. In 2 Peter 3 verse 12 we read, uh, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And you kind of don't invite that on your life and justify you know, certain things if you say out of line and things like that and feel persecuted. But what... what uh, Paul is writing to Timothy there where he says, listen, if you stay faithful to the very end and you do what is right according to the scriptures, you will be persecuted. And that word persecuted um, uh, means they will go after you to try and split you. Good luck with me. They will go after you and they will try and split you. 
They will try and divide you in half to frustrate you, so you throw the towel in. That's what persecution means. And what God calls us to, according to what James says, you need to be faithful to the very, very end, because that's what God calls us to do. We need patience like those, problem, uh, like those prophets, and to live for Jesus, and to keep doing the right thing according to the Word of God, to keep doing the right thing, because that's what God requires. You find this health and wealth prosperity junk that's going around by certain theologians and pastors. That's nonsense. If you are faithful to what the scriptures say, God will honor that. And that's why it says in verse 11, as you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. Those who have ipomoni. Those who have stayed under and persevered and been found faithful. And he says... Jesus says that, that he will reward those who are found faithful. Matthew 5, 11 and 12, people will insult you and hurt you. They will lie and say all kinds of evil things about you because you follow me. But when they do, you will be happy. Rejoice and be glad because you have a great reward waiting for you in heaven. People do the same evil things to the prophets who lived before you. And so God calls us. To, to stay faithful and to be patient even during times of mistreatment. Thirdly and finally, there are times we must be patient even when we do not know why. Even when we don't know why. Verse 11, you've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Folk, we all know the story of Job where he was a super wealthy man. He, he lost all his possessions. He lost his family. Uh, his wife said to him, give it all up. His friends, friends in inverted commas, came and condemned what he was saying. And they said to him, it's because of your sin that you're in this situation. It's because there is something wrong in your life. And Job knew that he was a faithful man before God. And he kept his faithfulness. Job was blessed abundantly. Suddenly, he loses everything. There's a calamity and there's devastation uh, after losing everything, but he stays faithful. We read in Job 1.21, The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Job knew that his life was not rooted in his wealth and in his prosperity, but it was uh, in God, no matter what would happen. In God. Now, I don't think that is easy. But as Job put his faith and trust in God, God vindicated him because he trusted in God for God's sovereignty. And so Job went through difficulty. And I'm sure he would have uh, shouted out to God, God, what is happening in all of this? And I don't think it's a sin to ask the question, you know, what is happening in all of this, or why is all of this happening? It's when we begin to uh, lust after an answer. It's when we desire this answer and we want it now, where God actually says we are to be patient. Because God and God alone is in control. God and God alone is in control. And so God is busy perfecting you and perfecting me. For what? For Romans eight twenty eight. We know that in all these things, God works for the good of those who love him, 
We've been called according to His purpose. Folk, and during those difficult times, it's hard to fake faithfulness. It's easy to throw the towel in. But God calls us to, to endure, to be patient, because we're called according to His purpose. That word purpose is a profound word. It's the word that means intention. It is a word that means according to God's proposal, not my proposal. It's, it's the picture of prothesis, uh, which means uh, it's, it's there like bread on a table in the temple. It's not hidden. It's not behind a cupboard. It's there. When I grew up in, in the Greek church, they, they would uh, put the bread on the table for everybody to see. And so what does that verse say? We know that in all these things, God is working for the God good within us, the God good, not so we just look good, but the God good in us, to those who love him and have been called according to God's purpose and God's proposal and God's will plan in your life and in my life. And so we need to endure patiently because there are many examples throughout the Scripture, as we've just seen, that we need to endure. And as we endure, we can take courage that God is in control and that God will work his plan and his purpose in us. Remember this whole series on Job, which we bring to an end uh, next week, is all about this potter taking a pot and making, uh, sorry, the clay and making a pot out of it and putting it up in the sun so that he can see if there's any cracks. And James says, let us have patience because God is at work. And he will make us ready to be the spot that can hold the substance that will be put in us. I don't think it's easy, but we're called to patience. And let's help one another in our patience. To remind me of this, I've put this little bangle, which my wife brought back from South Africa, um, I know it's not the, the best thing to do, but I've put this little bangle, either that or uh, Anthony once said, you know, put a little stone in your shoe or something like that. Uh, that would be uncomfortable for a fat man like me. But, but I've put this little bangle around my wrist, so every time I kind of, because I speak with my hands, I'm reminded, be patient, be patient, do not murder, <laughs> be patient, <laughs> do not show that funny sign in the, in the traffic, be patient. So every time I lift my hand to do that funny thing, be patient, endure. God is at work in your own life. Be patient. And God will allow his plan and his purpose to come to fruition, whatever that is. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for those who have gone before us and who have shown us patience. Thank you for those who've lived their lives according to your plan and purpose. We thank you for all that you've done in our lives, in our church, and in our community. 
Lord, it is a reality that we can never have enough patience. Lord, as we work on this, we pray that you will help us to do this and to do this well. Thank you for our lives, Lord. Thank you that we can rest assured that you are in control every moment of the day. May we look at you and not lose focus of who you are in our lives. Help us to do this, Lord, so your name will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.